All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. I am Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we're back here with the second part in our Wonder Woman series that we started. Uh, last week, we went ahead and started with the Wonder Woman TV show. Uh, that was the adaptation we covered, and then we read uh, Greg Rucka's Batman Wonder Woman crossover story, the Hecatea. Yep. Uh, so go back last week if you want to hear some uh, some Batman versus Wonder Woman stuff. That was pretty good. Yeah, it was solid. Uh, we watched the pilot episode of that TV show, which was <laughs> interesting. We got to watch more of that for this week, so that'll yep. be a treat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you like Definitely. Gr- if you like gorilla fights, just wait. <laughs> just fast forward to the end there. Although if you like gorillas a lot, you might not want to watch it because well, there's some inhumane gorilla treatment. That's true, but <laughs> a happy ending maybe. A happy ending, yeah. I mean, not quite. I well, mean, no, he, not quite. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're gonna be doing more Wonder Woman coverage. We're gonna be uh, we're not continuing the run we did last week. We're gonna be jumping around a bit. Yeah. Uh, we are actually going back to Greg Rucka next week for a different story. Oh, okay. And a different run actually. He went back to Wonder Woman. He did two Wonder Woman runs. Gotcha. Uh, so we'll be back with the Greg Rucka stuff next week because next week we're gonna be doing uh, the actual Gal. Gal Gadot Wonder Woman movie, uh, and we're going to be reading Wonder Woman Year One, which I figured would be a good fit for that movie. Yeah, like get the the uh, it was like the the new rebirth, like so this came out in 2016. That's like the redone origin story for Diana. Oh, okay. Um, so it, it I think it's pretty good, and the art's amazing. So. Is it? It's not like close to the movie though. It's it's I mean it's a it's certainly a comic book version of Wonder Woman. So it, okay. it, there are similarities to the movie. I would say. I just meant like origin wise. Um, I mean, I would say it's a little bit similar to the movie, but okay. Uh, but again, it's 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 not its own. It's not meant. Doesn't seem like it's meant to be like a like the way they're making the Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. like change their personalities yeah, totally. to be like the movie. It's not like that. It, okay, it's, it's more of just like like the costume has definitely been inspired by the movie, but I think that's fine because the movie's costume is really good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like that that's definitely been carried over, and like I, I think you can tell in the art sometimes they do kind of draw Wonder Woman a little bit like Gal Gadot sometimes. Yeah, for especially sure. in the Aco art that we get to later. Like that one, I was like, oh shit! Like they're just trying to draw Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar. Um, so yeah, there's there's always going to be influences, but I think that's fine as long as you don't let it like you know overwrite what you already had, unless it works, unless it's beneficial. Oh yeah, for so, sure. In some cases, that kind of movie synergy I think does pay off. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate it. Like when character. it's done right, like Blade. Like, yeah, we, uh, we talked about that uh, not too long ago, like la- a month or two ago. Blade was a character who. The origins, he was fine. He was kind of boring, like not that cool. And because the he movie... was just meant to be like a one-off, like, hey, this guy's kind of cool character. Yeah. Like... I also hunt vampires. Yeah, cool. Next week we're going back to the normal stuff. Yep. Um, but then the movie came out and actually gave him like some style and gave him like his own kind of like carved out a spot for himself, like yep. in the universe. I think sometimes if you use the adaptations to like build onto it that way without letting it make it seem like the rest of your story never happened, yep. then I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, like when Teeny Howard showed like the old Blade in his old costume, like you can have like a mix of both. Oh, yeah. Have synergy with the history. Yep, for so sure. That's definitely the way to do it. Yep. Um, which is kind of like, uh, if, you're, if you're just joining us, that's kind of what the whole podcast is about, us kind of going into the adaptations of movies and seeing like where they failed, where they didn't. Or sometimes the comic book is better, sometimes the movie is better. Um, but that's kind usually of whole, the comic. Yeah, usually <laughs> the comic is better, but you never know. Yeah, we haven't seen them all yet. That uh, in Doomsday Clock, the adaptation was better. Oh yeah, in that episode sure. we did. Okay, God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. leagues better. So it's every once in a while, it, it it flips the script. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we do every week. We'll read one comic book and then watch an adaptation. Uh, in the same kind of ballpark, uh, same character usually. Uh, if you want to see what we're reading ahead of time, we usually announce it on the podcast like we just did earlier, but you can follow us over at Agents of Podcast. Uh, if you want to see what we're reading ahead of time, we do also have a Patreon over at patreon.com slash Agents of Comic Book if you want to leave a request. We have some open spots uh, for January and February and pretty much onwards, all pretty much open. Yeah. Uh, although we do actually... There's the one Wand, wasn't WandaVision in WandaVision January? WandaVision will be two weeks in January, yeah. Okay. That'll be the two middle weeks in January. Gotcha. Um, so we'll have room for some one-offs in there, maybe. Uh, it depends on what you guys want to do. Um, yeah, cause I think what we're going to do, I think we talked about it, we're going to do the Engelhart, uh, Scarlet Witch, and Vision run yeah. for those two weeks and then watch the show. Because I think we, we can cover the whole show in two weeks. It's like an eight-episode miniseries, yeah, so I think, I would, we, can, I would I think imagine. we can do that, yeah. For sure. Um, and it's it's Netflix, or not Netflix. It's always oh, is Disney Plus a weekly thing? Oh, good oh, question. Right. Yeah, because Mandalorian comes it's, out every week. It it's probably not like, it, it is going to be. So actually, we might have to change how we do that. Yeah. So we might wait a little bit. A little bit. Kind of how we did with Doom Patrol. Yeah. We yeah. so maybe we won't do it in January. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I jump wait the for gun. February. Yeah. Maybe we'll wait until it's a little bit farther along so we can talk about it all at once without drawing that out over. Eight yeah, because you don't want to just watch the pilot and build an opinion off of that. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then you're reaching for stuff to say. Yeah. Yeah. You want to have kind of an idea of the picture. Like I'm so happy we waited to do Watchmen so that way we could talk oh, about yeah. it in bulk. Like that was the way to do it for sure. 
Um, so yeah, so so I guess January is open. If you want to leave a request over at Patreon, it's at the five dollar level. You can request a single episode, so that's pretty easy to do. Uh, and again, with Patreon, it's not a thing where like we're expecting you to hang on and join us for the rest of your life. This is not holy matrimony. Yeah. If you want to leave your request and then slip on out of there, yeah, it's, we don't care. It's, we we promise it's not a devil's deal. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. You can leave your five dollars; it'll charge you right away. So it's like you got your request, yeah, and then you can just slip on out and be like, yeah, you guys did my episode. I'm done. I never want to see you guys again and that's fine <laughs> totally fine um so yeah so that's that's our plan uh we have actually a lot of stuff that was announced recently on the marvel side yeah it's kind of fun we don't have dates a lot of dates but we have an idea of what kind of uh, episodes and, and shows and stuff we might be doing in 2021 which is kind of cool because mm-hmm. we definitely have the wandavision show that's a lock yep um the hawkeye show i think seems like it's going to be next year because they're already like deep into filming that <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about that show. Yeah, why didn't they just recast Jeremy Renner? It would have been so much more exciting if they had. Yeah, because like I'm pumped for Kate, but then like Jeremy Renner's just gonna be there and making it all weird. Being a thumb, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like God. Yeah, like all the stills, I, I just see like like the Jeremy Renner, like the Hawkeye that they're basing it off of. Like, there's a very very famous Hawkeye run by Matt Fraction and uh, and David Aja. Okay, that, that we're almost certainly gonna read when that show comes out. Gotcha. Uh, it's like it's like the light day in the life of Hawkeye. It's like very casual. That's where uh, like Kate's big and that book the pizza dog is in that book okay Uh, that's where all of that gets famous we're gonna be reading that the only problem is with that version of hawkeye like that's a much more like laid back kind of like goofy kind of hawkeye like more like you know just like funny off dad kind of type which i don't want to see jeremy runner doing i don't get those vibes (laughs) from him at all no No. (laughs) he would be a horrifying father (laughs) yeah like if if they wanted to go like the ronin hawkeye like i have to kill the right he he was doing that i could buy that yeah Yeah, he he was fine with that i guess but yeah, like I don't, I'm not buying him as like the warm dad. No, no, hell God, no. no. I don't so, care yeah. how good of an actor he is. <laughs> yeah, you're not selling me on that one. But yeah, I, I wish, yeah, if they had recasted him and had like a new Hawkeye, that would have been such an exciting show. Or just have it be Kate. Yeah, because Haley Steinfeld's like, just move great. on. Yeah, like, move she, on. Like, into the Spider-Verse, like a bunch of stuff. Like, she's very good. Like, yeah. that would have been exciting. Yeah, no, I, like, that's what I'm most pumped about that show for. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care about Jeremy Renner at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's what the show's going to be, like him passing the mantle. Maybe he'll him. die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in, in, in the very opening page of that Hawkeye run, it's like Hawkeye falling out of a building, and, and then like, I bet you're wondering how I get out of this. Right. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> the first episode was like, I bet you're wondering how I get out of this. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start the show. And new character. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we got a bunch of stuff. The Hawkeye show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, all those movies they announced, Fantastic Four. Uh, they did we ever th- confirm if there was, uh, not Marvel related, but if there was uh King Kong or Godzilla comics? Yeah, Whatever. there are. Oh, there are. Yep, I don't know we if could totally do that. Yep, we definitely if we wanted could. to. When that, oh yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah, that'd be a cool uh, one-off. For I, sure. I feel like we should find some older, like King Kong or Godzilla. Yeah, comics. some gold I want to be like ones. an old school one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Here comes King Kong, fearsome beast. Yeah, no, yeah. that shit'll definitely be worth for it for sure. Uh, but yeah, so that that'll give us some stuff to do uh, coming up here. I'm excited that we can go back to the Fantastic Four whenever the hell that comes hell out. Hell yeah, I'm pumped um, for that. It's being I, made... ho- I really, I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> I, we talked about this. My biggest fear of that movie is it for just to just be like generic, like yep. cookie cutter MCU. Yeah, like that's my that's my, you can do that for a lot of these superheroes. That's in fact, it's probably a really good approach for some of the lesser known ones. Yeah, like for like Doctor Strange and Ant Man, you got to really like make those seem normal for audiences make them be like oh okay i get it he's like me like ant-man he's normal he's yeah not, you so can't weird. yeah you can't go way outside the box to begin with yeah. right but fantastic four like everyone knows their deal and everyone's seen that movie fail and just be generic bad their whole lives that's all we know our generation especially yeah so like to have it come out and just be these generic characters like hey yuck here's a funny quip i know like, just Please, God, don't make Reed Richards just the hopeless, romantic, like, buffoon. Yeah. Like, that's just the one thing I don't want. We just, have enough of those. Yeah, like, make him fucking, like, an intimidating, like, almost Slightly antagonist. morally questionable. Yeah, yeah. like, he's... But then God. surprisingly, like, good dad, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, dude, if they don't have the kids, that's gonna be a shame. Yeah. They gotta... Have, I'm blanking the names. What's his... Uh, uh, Franklin and... Franklin, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and Valeria. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's my biggest fear, though, is that it comes out and it's generic. Like, not yeah. even bad. I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't I, either, but it might be boring. That's my Because <laughs> if another generic, boring Fantastic Four movie comes out, they're never undigging never. that hole. That's, that's the last that's nail in the coffin. That's three strikes are out. That's the nail in the coffin. <laughs> but I feel like if there's a, a like a freaking some kind of executive there with half a brain, he'll be like, okay, the one thing we can't do is make it generic and boring. I, like, we have to at least take a chance yeah, I don't know. on something. I, I hope so. The director they picked is John Watts. 
Watts, the guy who did yeah, Spider-Man Far From I, Home. I mean, Homecoming was good. Well, I, I don't know if he did Homecoming. He I did. Know, I know, oh, he he, did. He's done okay. both, yeah. Okay. I mean, they're both good movies, but I wouldn't say that they were like... That they neither either of them like surprised me. No, super much. Like it was just kind of like yeah, that's they're what I well expected. directed. Like they're good movies, but yeah, they're nothing that grabs. Yeah, you. and Far From Home, like we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but like there's some scenes in there that I think like are very visually interesting. Yeah, for sure. Like there's some cool, like really good, like Mysterio sequences, like you know going through like him like seeing different things. Like, yeah, it looks like very colorful and like very well like. Uh, just like designed yeah visually yeah but like the story and the character beats in that movie like really bored me so that's the thing is like i don't know yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see so i i just i hope i hope they have a really good plan for that um but yeah so that, that'll be enough of the uh, marvel talk for now we'll yeah. get back to it oh yeah uh, but we're here to talk about some wonder woman uh last week like i said we talked about uh we did a diana story featured uh featuring diana kind of going against batman and fighting like some some gorgon people like uh from her past uh, this one's going to be more uh, kind of about the different characters in her supporting cast. Uh, this is going to be a run by a short run. It was kind of almost meant to be like a fill-in run mm. uh, by uh, Steve Orlando and a couple different artists who I'll get into here. Um, it was coming right before uh, G. Willow Wilson was coming over to DC to write uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, she was the one who created Miss Marvel, like so. She, okay. she had a spot saved in line, like gotcha. Hook, like hook, line, and sinker. That's where her run was going. So they just needed a person to come in and do like a quick six, six issues, just gotcha. to fill in for a while. Hmm. Um, so that's what this story was by Steve Orlando. Um, but I, I've heard really good things about it, so that's why I chose it for this week, this short run here. Um, again, we have uh, Steve Orlando writes all five of these issues, but the art does change. The first issue is by Laura Braga uh, with colors by uh, Romuelo uh, Fajardo Jr. and letters by uh, Saida uh, Timofante. We have a lot. Also, I want to c- call out the covers here, the, uh, the alternate covers, especially uh, Jenny Frasan has been doing Wonder Woman covers, like alternate covers for Wonder Woman since it launched in 2016, like this. Run. Oh, damn. Yeah. So she's been doing Wonder Woman covers since 2016. Shit. Um, not in every issue, but a, a lot of the issues. Gotcha. So there's just like a, a whole like you could easily make a whole book out of Jenny Frasan's uh, Wonder Woman art. Um, yeah, the covers that we have in, in this run are insanely yeah, good. She, oh, she's so fucking good. It's it's unreal. Yeah, um, it's worth it. I, I have a, a print. We met her at C2E2 yep. uh, back be- right right before the pandemic started. <laughs> yeah. That one last bastion of humanity I mean, that we had. Corona was definitely in the area, but oh, it, it was in the air. It wasn't quite known. It was floating around. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. We got lucky as well. Yeah, it was like literally things started closing down like the next in, week. in the middle of that next week. It yeah. was literally the next week, yeah. So, yeah, it was days after. Damn. So, yeah. And Nuts. like there were so many people like just on the cusp of canceling for that too, but yep. but no one did. It was still packed. Like everyone who was everyone yeah, it was, was like, here's a full house. Yeah, it was kind of like our without knowing it, it was our our farewell party to normalcy. I was gonna say <laughs> it was our last like big event type deal that anyone can go to. Yeah. It was our last like social event of any kind. Yeah, because we like we we don't go out. We're not going. Out I haven't to been bars. to a bar. We're, all we're not year. doing anything stupid like that. So yeah. we've been on lockdown since that time. Yep, that was literally the last like social thing we went That's out. That's nuts. Did. <laughs> That's God. fucking crazy. Insane. So yeah, so uh, Jenny Frasan, uh, aka one of the last people we've ever met, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, does some really good covers here. She mostly has done Wonder Woman stuff from that, what I've seen, but I do also have a really good Storm print that yeah, I bought from I like her at C two E two. I have that hanging on my wall in my bedroom right now. Yeah. It's really fucking good, and yeah, so I just wanted to call that out because I think that's a like. There's a lot of issues of this whole Wonder Woman run that I've bought just for those covers. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's it's really fucking good. Uh, the first issue that we open with is kind of a one-off. It's Wonder Woman with a uh, villain who I had not heard of before reading this issue. Yeah, me neither. Uh, called the Mayfly. Uh, I did some research on Mayfly, though. It turns out she was a villain originally created for a uh, crossover, like a one-off crossover story with Wonder Woman and the Flash. Okay. Which is why she has super speed. Yep. Uh, because that was the whole thing. Is like It's a villain that they can both fight. Gotcha. Um, so that's that they opened it, but I mean, they give you enough to work with in this issue. Like they're not expecting you to know who that yeah. is necessarily. Yeah. They break it down. Yeah. The important thing is just that this is a Wonder Woman villain. Mm-hmm. Um, that Wonder Woman is the whole issue takes place like in Mayfly's jail cell and Wonder Woman keeps coming back literally every day, like for a visit to come see her. Not every day, but like every week. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I meant more, not every day, but she keeps coming back. Like, she doesn't miss a visit. Yeah. yeah. Like a scheduled visit. And she, she keeps coming back and telling her like no like i mean you're you're locked up but we're here to help you like this isn't a punishment we want to make you better like we want to find out like what is causing you to do these things and what mm-hmm. we can do what we can do to heal you um which i think uh, one thing i really this is probably my favorite issue out of the ones that we yeah, read definitely this, yeah the, this was a great starter yeah 
yeah, I re- I went through this one really quickly because I was like, damn, this is like not only nailing on the head like what Diana is doing, but mm-hmm. paced in a really good way to show you that progression yeah. of kind of like breaking her down and building up her trust. Yeah, exactly. And like they do such a good job or, or Steve Orlando does a great job of writing Mayflower like building that character enough for you to like actually have a connection to it like yeah. immediately and like in that short amount of time is like insanely yeah, well like, done. I didn't know anything about her but after this issue I was like oh Mayfly's pretty cool like yeah. she, she's got cool powers first of all yep. um, and like cool character like I like her dynamic like, especially with Diana here um, but and like the way it's paced too is like each visit kind of like speeds up in pace. Yeah. So it'll be like it'll seem like uh, her talking and having one conversation but in the in the titles it'll be like the third visit, the fourth visit, the fifth visit. Mm-hmm. So it gives you the idea of like a like a montage almost without feeling cheap. Like you are building these moments like you can tell the progression. Yep. Um Mayfly also does eventually like kind of go over some of her origins here. Like she came from like like a, a rough upbringing. The uh, the the way she got her powers. We've actually talked about this before. The the gene bomb. Yep. Um, the gene bomb came up when we were talking about uh, Doom Patrol because mm-hmm. that was how Dorothy got her powers. Yep. So Dorothy and Mayfly uh, share an origin. I was gonna say yeah. yeah. So same is, same creation. Uh, not necessarily tied in with Doom Patrol, but Doom Patrol is probably the sh- the the book that used the gene bomb the most. Yeah. So I would say it's kind of it's a the Doom- only place I've seen it come up. Really, it's from like a DC event in the eighties, like called like Gotcha Incoming or something. I can't remember. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was just like. Like the gene bomb went off, and it was just a, a story jumping off point for all these new superheroes to show up. Gotcha. So it's a very easy way to be like, this is how I was originized. Mm-hmm. Ori- originized. <laughs> originized. I like that. My new word. <laughs> um, and yeah, so Wonder Woman like takes down the barrier to like go into the cell, and she's like, are you sure you want to do this? And, and Wonder Woman's like, I trust you. Like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And then like immediately she goes for like the table and goes to like smash her. <laughs> um, and then like it, like I said, it, it cuts. It says like the third visit, the fourth visit. And on every visit, Mayfly's trying to like smash the shit out of Diana. Yeah. Like she, she knows she's not going to win. She's just like, no, you shouldn't trust me. Right. Uh, trying to be like, no, you should give up. Like, she does. It's it, that's what I like about this dynamic is Mayfly, like, wants her to stop because she almost, like, doesn't want Diana to be right. Yeah. Because there's almost, like, that dynamic of, like, if you're right, then I could have been better a long time ago. And mm-hmm. I, that, that can't be true. Yeah. All this has been a waste. Right. So, like, it, that does eventually, like, like, break her down a little bit. And they do actually start having, like, actual conversations. One thing I do really like, uh, and this is on Laura Braga, is she keeps alternating the costumes that Diana's wearing, which mm-hmm. I did appreciate. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's a, a subtle touch in books like these. Because in superhero comics, you kind of expect people to be wearing the same things for most of the comic. Yeah. But I do appreciate when there's like a little bit more of like a fashion kind of... Because like Wonder Woman's outfits in here are on fucking point. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Like, all the art in this is amazing. Yeah, like the embassy one is just kind of like a Greek like toga with like a cape on the back that looks great. Yeah, it's a cool look. Um, She's got one that kind of reminds me of like Donna Troy, which is more like... Like a red bodysuit with like a like a shield of armor on one arm. That looks yeah, really like the good full too. spandex. Suit. Yep. And then we also do get the golden wings that we kind of uh, that has an origin in the comics that I have never read before. So that, not, that'll be in eighty four too. Yep, that's yep. what I was going to point out. Is I don't really know where in the comics those are from. They're definitely a thing. Okay. Um, it's I've seen it referenced. I just don't know what story that's from or what the origin of those wings are. But we do see them briefly here. It's like the ones we see in the the Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four trailer. Yeah, because she actually ends up like they build enough trust with her that she's they the warden allows her like wonder woman to take her on a trip to like somewhere up north with by a bunch of like uh glaciers yeah and gives her her powers back too oh yeah which is like a huge like like trust building moment she's like wait you're actually gonna let me do that yeah and there's even a part where like uh where mayfly like with her powers back it's like wait with my powers i can actually beat you like mm-hmm. why should why shouldn't i like you shouldn't trust me and just goes to town on diana and diana doesn't fight back she's like i'm not afraid of you like i, I respect you like i respect like who you are and, and i think you're gonna like fight out of this and she's just like God damn it, stop it. Stop, I want to be mad. Stop being such a good friend. (laughs) And then, yeah, by by like the 35th visit and like the 36th, you see like they're actually having like, you know, like loose conversations. They're actually, they actually like seem like friends eventually, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty cool. And like at one point, uh, the radioactive man breaks out of his cell. Um, There's no, the inside out man. Oh, is it the Inside Out Man? Oh, Radioactive Man is Marvel. That's yeah. my bad. <laughs> the Inside Sim- Out Very, man. very similar character designs. It's, it's very similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he breaks in, and uh, and at this point, there's... Uh, I don't know the context of this, but Wonder Woman says that uh, that she's lost someone. Like, she's very distracted this day. She says her aunt, uh, Astarte, has been killed. Hmm. And that might be from an earlier story. I'm not sure what the context Probably of that is. Probably around this time or something. Yeah, but I mean, even... The, the, that's the testament of a really good one-off, is you don't need that context. It's oh, yeah. a thing that happened. Like, yep. she was, she's Wonder Woman. She does shit every day, like... 
the wild shit happens every day to her. Yep. And even in the picture, it's like Astarte riding like these mounted kangaroos. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? <laughs> right. It looks amazing. Yeah. She died in mounted kangaroo combat. It was very <laughs> tragic, but so adorable. I want to see some mounted kangaroo combat. <laughs> and then, yeah, so in that moment, Diana's just like so distracted by like this loss of her, of her like family member that, uh, that yeah, the she gets like surprised like after the villain breaks in and mayfly saves her like saves her life she's like no like you can't do this yeah and diana's like you saved me like you saved my life mayfly like see i told you like you're better than this and yeah she's like, did you plan this <laughs> no wait wait what's going on this was a setup um but yeah and then by the 52nd visit because of course it was going to be 52 everything in dc is I know. around that number <laughs> um but yeah on the 52nd visit she actually goes free like she serves her time and diana's there waiting for her to pick her up in the jet and uh and mayfly walks out she's like what no victory lap uh wonder woman and she's like no you can call me diana like mm-hmm. oh picks her up in the invisible jet too right yeah and as she's leaving it like shows a couple panels where like her box that she came in with and she only takes a trench coat and leaves like her old like super villain yep, outfit leaves the behind. costume yeah she keeps the helmet so she like wants her power still but you can tell she leaves the super villain get yeah behind. the suit she leaves behind yeah. yeah yep so she's she's starting a new life and, uh, and the final outfit, too, I want to call it out. It's not the normal one, too. You could have easily drawn her in the normal one, but this is like the uh, the cloth skirt one. This is like the, the original. The I think red one. This this costume, I think, originated in um, the uh, the New Frontier, which is a very famous like DC book set in the 40s, but written much later. Okay. Um, I think that's the costume from that. So gotcha. like, I do appreciate that from Laura Braga, like, you know, alternating like five different costumes in one issue mm-hmm. like i feel like it's probably pretty easy to draw the same costume every time so that's probably why most people do it but oh yeah i appreciate the effort here yeah for sure so, yeah and so that's that's the mayfly issue i i really like that one a lot because if you read it the dialogue especially like it's very heartwarming i think it's a really good issue oh for sure um the next one is uh kind of like a two-off so the uh Steve Orlando was kind of writing just whatever stories he had in mind and keeping them the length that they had to be, which I greatly appreciate. Oh, yeah. Um, But the rest of these issues are going to kind of be a team up between Wonder Woman and Artemis, uh, among other people, but mainly Artemis. Um, The first issue, she'll also be first couple. She'll be teaming up with Aztec as well. Um, Artemis is a character who uh, is really awesome. She can like summon this giant like axe like from anywhere like like Thor's hammer. Just mm-hmm. jing, boom. <laughs> she's a fucking unit. Like she's giant. Yeah, she's huge. Um, and she can also summon like the, the bow of Ra, which is like this powerful bow that shoots like these sun arrows, which is dope. <laughs> yeah. Um her her whole deal is she comes from these this like off sect of the Amazons called like the Bottom Migdal. Which uh, it's like they were felt like betrayed by the Greek pantheon. They they were like, you know, this is all bullshit. Like we've been fucked over by you guys too many times, and they mm. basically became like a, a a clan of just like nomads, like going from place to place. Uh, eventually, like choosing to serve under like the Egyptian pantheon uh, out, out in that area. Yep. Um. So they kind of like uh, are Amazons from like a different corner of the world, essentially, uh, with like a different belief system. Um, but Artemis, Artemis is awesome. She shows up. She's showed up for a while in in the uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws book. She was like a member of Red Hood's team. Yeah, it, um, it, yeah. She mentions it a couple times. In yeah. This. Um, but unfortunately, that book is written by Scott Lobdell, who's like a piece of garbage, and uh, nobody should ever read a book by him. Yeah. So yeah. she's been locked down by that, and he's been locking down Jason Todd forever. <laughs> no one else can write Jason Todd except that garbage man. Dear God. So unfortunately, there's not been a lot that's worth reading for Artemis because of that reason. Like mm-hmm. she's a great character, but doesn't appear in much else. So when I saw that she was in this, I was like, oh fuck yeah! Like yeah, I picked yeah. a great book for this. Huh. And not only that, but on these two issues, the art is by. Um, uh, ACO or ACO, I don't know how they prefer to go by. Um, it's just like their writing pseudonym. Yeah, um, I don't. Really, ghost, I don't even know anything name. about them besides that. Yeah, but their art is fucking fantastic. The yeah. only other book I've seen them do is a book called Nick Fury, which went for six issues. It's about like Nick Fury Jr. Okay, and it's like this like spy book. It might as well be a James Bond book for like gotcha. all that matters. Huh. Um, but it's just like Nick Fury each issue going to a different location and just doing this like crazy spy shit with all these gadgets. And the art is just amazing. Like hmm. it's so fucking good. It's some of the best art I've ever seen in a comic book. Damn. Um, the book itself is fine. Like James. Robinson is past his prime writing wise for a lot of these books. But gotcha. The art carries carries the fuck out of it. Damn. Yeah, I gotta check that out. Yep. And uh, the art in here is just as good. Like um, the paneling is, is especially where where Echo like thrives. Like and like the, the different like uh, there's a lot of detail to the way they draw art. Yep. Um, it's not just like panel, 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 panel art. You know, a progression conversation. It's literally like any time they can choose to make the panel like maybe tie into like symbolism or like draw panels in like the shapes of different like uh symbols that are on the page as well yeah it's very it 
gives me a lot of flashes of J.H. Williams. Yep. They have a lot of similar styles. I agree with that, definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, just the, the creative paneling, certainly. Yep, for sure. Um, but it's one, this arc is going to be Wonder Woman teaming up with uh, Aztec. Aztec is a character who uh, was was a not a big character, but kind of like a B character in the Justice League for a while in like the 80s and 90s. Um, they weren't super popular. I don't think they ever like became that well known or anything. They weren't didn't stick around very long. Okay. Um, but this take on Aztec I like a little bit better because in the old one it's just Aztec was just this like white guy who found a helmet and got Aztec <laughs> powers. Yeah, yeah. But this is a little more fitting. It's actually someone like um from that area who the helmet like crashed back on its way home. Yep. Uh, and crashed back into their house and like she had no idea what it was. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and found it and got these powers. It's almost like uh uh like an Aztec Doctor Fate. Yep. Es- essentially. Um. Yeah, that's a cool angle because like her her family was super like into like the Aztec mythology, but she never believed in any of the gods or anything like that. Yeah, I think she even mentions like she was an atheist before yep. this happened. Yeah. Yeah. So after like when they get into like down in the business, she's like, yeah, like a week ago, I didn't believe any of this. <laughs> so I'm trying to catch up, just like you. Yeah. <laughs> They find out that the um, Aztec, the person she's after, uh, this basically the the god who she's after. Her story is like she fights for one god, fighting against another god, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. It, like I said, it's very Doctor Strange, very DC magic. It's got those vibes. Yep. Um, and so she's like, "Well, I- I'm hunting, I'm hunting, hunting this one god, and I think that they have someone, this captive named At- Atalanta, and that name like rings a bell with Diana. That's that's her aunt. Yeah. Not a character I'm super familiar with, but. Um, again, Steve Orlando does a good job of giving you what you need in the story. Yeah, she's an Amazon. Yeah, an Amazon who's important to Diana and also yep. important to the Bonham McDowell, which yep. is where Artemis comes in. Because they're like, well, we're going to need help then if we're if we're searching for this person. So they go to Artemis, who's kind of like a begrudging ally of Wonder Woman. They've in, they've encountered they've interacted like once or twice. Um, they they don't really like have similar like they they have disagreements a lot, but they're like begrudging allies all the time. Okay. And she basically tells the story of Atalanta from her perspective. Like, from her perspective, the Bonham McDowell view her as, like, this, like, folklore hero. Like, they greatly respect her, like, for, like, the kind of life she's lived leading up to this moment. And they kind of, and so rescuing her is an extreme, like, priority for her as well. It's, like, the one thing that stops her in her, tra- in her tracks and makes her want to work with Diana. Gotcha. Um, and so they go to this uh, uh, this temple in Mexico. Um, I'm a, yeah, I'm going to butcher the name the uh, yeah mitcha cohen yeah yeah the um yeah it's like that if you know like the it's the famous pyramid yeah the very famous pyramid with the four stairs that go up each side like you've seen it before yeah yeah definitely um so they're going to this place they think it's the prison that's holding atalanta yeah and as they approach this place uh artemis calls uh, artemis brings up a good point she's like this looks like a ruin like yeah like it's made out of stone like this is your palace like this is uh weak as shit yeah like this isn't gonna (laughs) hold a god like what's going on here and then uh this is a really cool moment i thought this was really was really cool this was like some this reminded me like of some grant morrison shit yeah this is very grant morrison um, yeah, uh, Aztec's like, no, you can't see it. You're not attuned to the magic. Like, mm-hmm. let me show you. And, like, extends her magical, like, vision, essentially, to the other two. And they see that the temple is more just like an entrance. Uh, once they have this vision, they see, like, an upside-down pyramid, kind of, like, literally like a mirror image to the point of the other pyramids. That way it's like an hourglass shape almost. Yep. But the one on top looks very much, like, a lot more sci-fi, a lot more, like, abstract, like, magical kind yeah. of, like, labyrinth. It, it looks very, like, alien, like, yeah. UFO-like. Yep, it, it reminds me of how people imagine UFOs landed on pyramids, like, yep. that kind of theory. Like, oh, yeah, ancient me, alien type stuff. Yeah, it gives me those kind of vibes. And so, yeah, they're going in, they're like, okay, now this makes sense. Now this looks like a god's lair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, the, hunt, the god that they're hunting uh, goes by the name uh, uh, Tezcatlipoca. Tezcatlipoca. Um, again, we, I might be butchering names, yeah. so I do apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, that's the god they're going after, The uh, who lives in this pyramid, apparently has Atlanta as a prisoner. Again, the art in here, I think, stood out to me the most. Like, oh, even yeah. the paneling of, of them going through the temple is pretty cool. Because like they put they put a lot of detail into panels that could very easily be missed. So I feel like when you read an Aiko comic, you really got to take your time and like appreciate the paneling that's going on here. Yeah, because you could flip past the page and be like, sure, they got through the temple. Cool. Next. Yeah, because even if like there's some pages where the panels like look more symmetrical, but like if you like look in the back, the foreground of it where like normally white space would be, it's all like super intricate lines and yeah. like Aztec like designs and shit. Yeah, like one of them is as is Aztec going through the like the lasers, like almost doing like an Ocean's Eleven thing. The one in the top right corner that's very easy to miss looks dope as hell because like it's the, like this statue like dripping lava out of its mouth like onto these platforms yeah while uh, Artemis tries to like leap across the floating platforms as they like fall beneath her 
Like, it looks really cool. And then, yeah, like, Wonder Woman, like, diving between, like, spinning gears and, like, jumping over death traps. Like, this, that's the paneling of this I really, really appreciate. Mm-hmm. The, the enemies that they fight are, are pretty cool looking, too. It almost looks like zombies wearing, like, mech suits. Like, they look like leopards. Yep. Uh, it almost looks like very like Tron like this whole design of this like dungeon kind of thing that they're in. It's very like Tron-y to me. Yeah, it's almost it, like an Aztec Tron. Yeah, it's a cool mix of like ancient ruin and like uh, hyper tech type yeah. deals. Yeah, so it's kind of like that theory of like you know the ancient gods actually had like this what what you would almost interpret as technology, which yep. is a cool take. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then for the first time, Artemis summons the Bow of Ra, which is a weapon that uh, was introduced in kind of her origins. It's just like this like very, very powerful bow like from the god Ra. And anytime you use it, like you literally light on fire. Like it's that that's yeah, the it's sacrifice the sun of god. using it. Yeah. And so at, at any time, Diana's like, don't fucking use that. We don't <laughs> yeah, need it. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't be lighting off nukes in here. But right. God, the page where Artemis draws that bow for the first time is uh, one of my favorite pages in here. Right. It's just like so colorful. And like the way they draw like the symbols behind it is like that wasn't needed, but it oh, just no. adds so much to it. Oh, no. He didn't have to go off like that, but he did. Yep. <laughs> or they did. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know anything about them. So I'm yeah, just it's, it's, keep it neutral. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the pseudonym. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's not too much going on like story wise in this arc. It's very much like a team up and, and punchy, you know. Go go out. It's like it's that kind of thing. I think they fun. I think they mainly just wanted to let the art flow, yeah, because <laughs> like, the art carries like most of the narrative. It's one of the, and I, I don't even mean that in like and a it's not a bad, way. Yeah, that's not a bad note at all. That's what action should be. If you want to do like an action oriented story, you should like design it that way. Let the art take the reins. Like, oh, they're, yeah. they're the lead on this one. Yeah, totally. Um, and that's what this is. This isn't. It's it's got cool set pieces. It's got like a cool background. But this is very much an action oriented story. This this one right here. Yep. Um, because it's then teaming up to go against this god who oh my god looks so fucking cool yeah like, holy ends crap. up being like a like a almost like a mayan galactus yep yeah um, it, that's very a great way to put it <laughs> yeah it, it looks really really cool um it just towers over them it's like you think you can kill me trying to like step on them uh and diana like just picks her up by the toe and just throws her it's like you will be humbled where's your pride just throws <laughs> yeah. her by the toe it's like what the <laughs> fuck you have no idea what you're in for <laughs> Um, the, the way they use, I, they really, they had the bow of raw and like, I think Steve Orlando knew it was cool and knew it was a badass tool in its disposal, yeah. but then realized like, wait, this is just going to end the story. So I ha I have to have her miss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's really anticlimactic, but I get it. Yeah. Like Artemis is like, I'm finally going to fire this. Right. And I'm even going to, she even like lights on fire. She's like, it's worth it. I can make the shot and then just misses. And I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a pretty big bummer. Yeah. Like, she never actually gets to use it in this arc. And they, they never really hammer home how cool the axe is. I wish they would have done that. Because being able to summon, like, a giant axe out of nowhere is a really cool ability. That seemed, to me, that's a little cooler than, like, a sun god bow. Yeah, and if you're not going to use it, exactly. Yeah, especially if you're not going to use it. Yeah. Uh, but basically, what ends up beating this god is the art's honestly a little bit unclear for this part. I, it seems like what she does is she ties the, the lasso of truth to an arrow. Am I understanding that? And then shoots it at the god because then she has the god tethered by the lasso yeah. of truth in the end. Yeah, it's almost like a harpoon situation. That's that's my take on it. The art, I, I love the art here. It does get a, it does a get a confusing. little flashy, like in yeah. the sequence. Like it gets a, like very like uh, it's a little much, it's yeah. a little convoluted. At least to like, it looks great, but it's like oh, I don't yeah. really know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, There's so, one panel that I think is what made me think that where you see an arrow with a uh, the lasso coming out of it. Yeah, the confusing part is just you never see her tie it to the arrow, which would have been all i needed yeah exactly it's either because she didn't use like the or was it the lasso as a bowstring that's what confused me because it almost looks like it's the bowstring but that doesn't make sense it's one of the two yeah i don't know but either way <laughs> she's got the god by the either rope. way it works yeah and the theory here is that you know it, it uh it's the lasso of truth so that when the truth is wrapped around you it like depowers you is, is what her theory is essentially. yeah she's like you're more powerful or you're less powerful than you think you are and i'm gonna show you that this yep. is the truth yeah because because like these got a lot of these powers of these gods are built on lies. Yeah, and um, there's a part that's really thrown in here at the end where like the god try, uh, tries to explain that she's actually like a god of hyper time, which is a whole DC thing. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> you're trying to fit too much in here. And she's like, I will be at all times, always fighting you. And they roll with the concept super easily and quickly. And it's just again, it's a cool idea. But should have been the focus of the whole thing then. It's a lot of hats, yeah. It's a lot of, like, to just throw at the end, oh, by the way, I am endless, I am time, <laughs> I am always here. Like, oh, okay, but you're going to die at the end of this issue, and we yeah. have five pages left, so <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. 
<laughs> and like hypertime's the whole thing too that they don't even have time to do an editor's note on here. Oh no. It's hypertime in DC is basically just the omniscient like DC god who corrects the timeline whenever it's fucked with. Okay. It's just their way of like retconning changes. It's, yeah, so it's just like a meta retcon. It's a meta force that exists just for meta reasons. Gotcha. Yeah. And so like them trying to like tie this god into hypertime right at the end of this issue is like a little bit much for me. But Yeah, they had to fit a lot in. Right. Um, but the whole thing kind of sets up with them. You know, they defeat the god Aztecs. Like, thanks for helping me. Got a cool little cameo from her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Artemis does stick around for the next arc, which I appreciated because it does set up for. Um, they're taking. They rescue Atlanta, who, who we didn't talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, take her back to the bottom, McDowell. They're flying through uh, through uh, uh, Karak, which is the country where they're kind of um, being given safe harbor. They, okay. They're kind of just chilling here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Atalanta is described as like a, like we said a hero amongst these people. So they're expecting when they bring her back to get like a hero's welcome. Yeah. But when they get there, there's actually like literally an army prepared to like go to war with them, and they're like, uh, the fuck. <laughs> Um, there's another character who's kind of thrown in here um, that I actually was lucky enough to have read about before. Rustin. It's a ca- very, very recent character, actually. It's from a story called Justice League versus the Suicide Squad, okay. which came out in 2016 or maybe early 2017. Is that what that game's going to be about? Maybe. I doubt it. It's not that famous of a story. Okay. Um, it's not that great of a story. <laughs> it was actually the first DC event that I ever read. Oh, really? Because it was right. It was the first event they did after Rebirth got launched, which is Rebirth is where I started reading comics. Gotcha. Uh, back in 2016, um, the it was like literally Amanda Waller gathering the Suicide Squad and like revealing themselves for the first time. Like for the first time, the heroes learned about the Suicide okay. Squad and uh, like went to battle against each other. Which first of all. The Suicide Squad cannot hang in that fight, but sure. Absolutely not. <laughs> it was basically Enchantress doing all the work. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and the story le- ends with like Rustam being one of the new members, like of the or one of the original members of the Suicide Squad. It was like Amanda Waller's original four. Okay, like, the hardest of the four. Gotcha. And so like that's what that character's from. They kind of talk about it a little bit in this story to set it up, but. Um, it, it ended up being a character that worked out because Rustam's origins is he's basically like a freedom fighter, like anarchist, um, like from this area. Um, so it was it was an interesting enough tie-in to be like, oh, that character's from here. Like, might as well have him in the story. Yeah, and like, and I, I don't mind the idea of taking characters who, even if they didn't hit it off initially, building off of other writers' characters, so that way you don't just have like a billion minor characters who appear once in the continuity. Yeah, like for I sure. like going back to it and even like adding stuff, even if they weren't fan favorites. Yeah, because a, a different like uh, writer could get it right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you can add more to it, and at least then you're kind of like picking up what other people set up for you. Yep. Um, but yeah, the whole arc is basically him going to the queen of the uh, of the bottom McDowell and being and trying to like get them to go to war, like kind of stop them from being uh, like what they were, and like stand up and like create like a home for themselves in this area, mm-hmm. um, forcefully if they have to is is his plan. Um, so. When Wonder Woman gets back, she's like, "No, no, like we 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 can't do this. Like if like you guys were like a nomadic people, like war wasn't your way. Like you weren't like the kind to like colonize, like yep. go into other places and just take what you want. Like that's not your style." Like I said, Wonder Woman and um, Artemis are not necessarily close friends either. So Artemis's first loyalties are to go to the side of her people. Mm-hmm. Like she even is ready to fight in this war. She's like, "If you guys think this is the right thing to do, I'm loyal to you." Yeah. Um. Like that, and that's what I appreciated that. Like a lot of times, like the superheroes will like just team up with the good guys because it's expected but it makes sense that she that's that wouldn't be her first priority yeah actually has an investment right um and, and this arc is is okay um i i didn't mind it i think it is a little bit uh they're trying to tell a lot in a little like there's a whole like battle that's set up that kind of like half happens yeah <laughs> it's like a little bit awkward like Wait, the battle's over? Like, a bunch of us, like, started dying. Like, yeah. This, okay. I guess we all just put down our weapons. <laughs> yeah. Are we really just going to call it here? Yeah. Um, like, they, like this this part of the story was not my favorite. I like the other ones a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but I like the message here enough where it's like, you know, like, you know, look for a peaceful resolution first. Like, don't go and colonize other places. It's yeah, bad. Don't be a colonizer. Yeah. That's a, that's a rough thing. Um, unfortunately, the art um, in this arc was not my favorite. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bland. I was disappointed that... Because Laura Braga's art was great, we loved we loved that. Aiko, yep. always fantastic, insanely good. The art in this, the drawings aren't bad. Like the pencils are not bad necessarily. No. I think the progressions I have problems with. Oh yeah, like, and the, like and they they do a really good job of like getting 
like the the models are like the people right but then the backgrounds like eight out of ten times are either like just one solid surface and a couple lines and like just one solid color like it, it is very bland yeah and even like the paneling is like really boring like the conversations is just like face face going back two new characters face yeah like i mean we were spoiled by the other ones you don't have to have crazy panels but you got to have like the one page that does get away from that is where uh rustum is like just describing his origins oh yeah that one's not bad yeah the, it, honestly i think all and most of the panels with rustum are like the best ones yeah because like it, his design is really cool in this and that's that's the thing that's hard to just because this art is certainly not bad art. No, like, the problem is like the progressions. Like I didn't always understand what was happening. Mm -hmm. There's a very clear part that confused the shit out of me. Um, a couple times actually. There's a part where Wonder Woman like looks up at the temple and kind of like leaps up into it to fight people, almost like <laughs> in the first Wonder Woman movie when she goes into the bell tower. Yep, and she smashes in. And what we're led to believe happens is she smashes in and all these Amazons like pick up guns, which is supposed to be probably like pretty surprising. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And start shooting her. But the way the art progresses, we don't even see they have guns until after they've dropped them. Because mm -hmm. the progression here, <laughs> just to describe it to people, is she jumps, she looks up. You don't see what she's looking up at, but she jumps into the tower. And it's a, just a side of the, like, if you were in the tower, you see like a shot of like your point of view, her smashing into the wall. Yeah. And then it's a shot of her being like, guns? Uh, adapt the tools of the patriarch's world and she's like disappointed which is a cool line yeah um and then you just see her blocking but doom but doom and i'm like who's shooting her <laughs> and like i got from that line like maybe the amazons picked up guns but you should see that like them pick up guns because that would be a pretty cool image like right yeah and then that's when she drops the line like guns like that's how you do it but then the only time we see the guns is literally after they've dropped them to the point where i had to go back and be like did they have guns what, <laughs> yeah what I, were they shooting her with oh yeah they're on the ground there i can kind of see them yep yeah there's no actual like beforehand where they show that they have guns at all right and this alone is not like a huge issue or no, anything no. but like this is just an example of like what i mean when i say like the progressions are confusing yeah are for confusing sure because i don't think that that's good storytelling necessarily mm -hmm. um there's another part just like that where wonder woman and artemis kind of team up for the first time like she's convinced artemis like no you should fight like for me like fight for what's right and not just like fight blindly for your people like blind nationalism don't do that yeah <laughs> um and the progression is like okay artemis is on our side now uh like she actually takes uh artemis into the lasso of truth just so i can touch on this first which I think is a really cool, like, that's my favorite part of this arc, that concept of, like, being able to take someone in, almost, like, into the realm of the Lasso of Truth. Yep. It's almost like a black space where only truth prevails. Like, you could only anyone ever perceive the truth. And I think that's a really cool storytelling mechanic mm -hmm. to be, like, to go to even friendly characters and be like, no, you're lying to yourself. Like, you need to see it. We're in the realm of the Lasso of Truth. You yep. know it's true. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a cool, a really cool storytelling mechanic that even they use better with Rustum at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, the, those parts are cool. Um, but right after that happens, this art moment that I'm talking about, they, she teams up with Artemis and then she says, uh, people are fighting for no honest reason. I expect help. And then I don't know how to describe this. She and Artemis like put back to back, like they're going to start fighting each other. And then you just see all these yellow lines going towards them, which I'm assuming are bullets. <laughs> and it just says clank, clank, clank. And like, they're not really blocking them. They're just standing there while all these lines go at them. And then all of a sudden, I see a, at the at their feet a bunch of weapons drop. Yep. And they all drop their weapons. And I'm like, I don't understand what just happened there. Because <laughs> Artemis and her are standing next to each other like in a psychic realm. And then they wake up and they're like, let's team up. And then everyone shoots at both of them. Yeah. And then what? All their guns drop? <laughs> I don't understand this progression at all. Um, cause I'm guessing it's supposed to be like her and Artemis team up, block all the bullets. Yeah. And then I literally don't get why they drop their weapons. I don't understand how that happens, but that's just what I mean. Like the, this whole battle is the progression of it is very, very weird. But then Rustum comes in with his psychic scimitars, which I mean, dope. Those look cool. Um, oh yeah. No, that's like one of the best parts. Yeah, and the psychic scimitars even cut the bow of Ra in half, which I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that was a little unexpected. Yeah. Like, this thing's supposed to be, like, nuclear power, like, scale. I guess the size <laughs> scimitars are, too, man. Yeah. Power creep. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that thing is rip, I guess. Yeah, and then he's even like, your god is weak. And they said that multiple times in this run. Like, yeah. Ra sucks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I need a better god. <laughs> Who's your god? They seem pretty cool. Right. Can I hop on? 
And uh, like I mentioned, uh, the way they beat Rust him, I like this a lot. I think this is a really good good idea oh, yeah. for how to end a Wonder Woman story. This was awesome. Go to the villain, wrap him up in the lasso of truth, and can show them how they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Especially for a character who like Rust him, who at his heart is fighting for good ideals. Like he's he's like an anarchist who is like the status quo needs to die. Yeah. Like you all up up like hold the status quo by not fighting it hard enough, yep. which is a really good message. Like. You should fight the status quo because a lot of people just fucking let it happen because they're like, well, it can't change that much. It would be really hard work to change everything. Yeah, yeah. So Rustum's the character who's like, no, fucking do what you got to do to change what needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. The only problem is he lies like too far on that anarchist side. So that's where Wonder Woman comes in and is like, no, you're murdering people. You need to stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's but, not going to help anything. But that's why wrapping him in the lasso of truth is really great because Wonder Woman's like, I know you. Like, you have good ideas. Like, you have good ideals. Mm-hmm. Realize what you're doing wrong here because you know better. Yeah. That's the thing is like, you know better. And now I can show you you know better with this magical weapon. It's not, it's not totally similar but it kind of reminded me of uh legion with like farouk when he like shows when he's talking to his younger self and he's showing him like what why he's fucking oh, yeah. up and like why like david is worth saving and all that yeah and, like that's the scene in that show is so fucking well done and like it kind of gave me similar flashes oh yeah for sure it's just like something that is just like because of what it is instantly convincing yeah it's like dude like i know you like you're me you're just younger me you're an idiot and an asshole like here's what you're gonna do all the things wrong and this is why like you need to not do it yeah so i mean <laughs> With even though the rest of the arc was kind of boring, like yeah. this was a cool ending, and I think it's a, something that Wonder Woman writers should remember. Oh yeah, like, for using sure. this lasso of truth in creative ways like this is really, really cool. Yep. Um, and so yeah, Rustum gives up. He's like, "You're right. Like I was wrong. Like you've shown me the truth, and everyone should surrender because I, the greatest enemy to the bottom doll is me." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh shit! Like that was fucking <laughs> right? cool." Just instantly humbled. Yeah. Um, and at the end, there's a really cool part too, which I hope gets used again. I hope people remember that this happened because this is really cool for Artemis's uh, character arc oh, as yeah. a character. For sure. What she te- this is basically her first like full team up with Wonder Woman where they're actually like friends at the end. Mm-hmm. So like I really hope people remember this story because at the end, Wonder Woman's like, no, you fought honorably like by my side. Like you're a hero whether you realize it or not. Yep. And such a bond calls for a symbol. And this weapon that she pulls out requires a little bit of explaining, I think. Um, she explains it here briefly uh she says that uh maybe doesn't explain it enough for people who don't know she says superwoman used the lasso of submission for unspeakable evil (laughs) without context you're like what the fuck does that mean yeah the lasso of submission for unspeakable evil and superwoman who yeah yeah what um let me explain the um that's from a a group called the crime syndicate i don't think we've talked about them before the name sounds familiar but i can't place it's an evil version of the justice league from an alternate universe oh yeah for sure we might have talked about them yeah it's come up up a couple i think they come up in morrison once i could be wrong okay um they're basically like they're led by uh ultraman who's like this like uh crazy uh superman who's like addicted to to, uh kryptonite and just eats it and like snorts it like crack oh that's awesome Um, and uh, superwoman is lois lane um, oh yeah, yeah. She's the Wonder Woman stand-in. She's got like superpowers and is tied into that mythology. Gotcha. So that that's Lois Lane's lasso that she's giving her basically oh, okay. right here. Oh, sick. And there's a number of other really cool characters from the Crime Syndicate. is is classic. Like they're used a lot. They were uh, originally from Crisis on Infinite Earth, so they like a really the biggest crossover in DC history. So yeah, yeah. They they've been used a lot. Um. So when Wonder Woman like pulls this out, this showed up last in a crossover called the. A Dark Side War by Jeff Johns. Not a great story, but still, this is a cool tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lasso of Submission is obviously it's supposed to be like an evil... It's from an alternate universe. Like, this is the Lasso of Truth, but from a, the alternate universe where it was made for evil. Yep. So I think that's a really cool idea. Like, she's like this... She even says that to Artemis. Like, this was only ever used for evil. Use it for good, for once. Like, use it to help people. Like, yep. this is yours now. Like, earn it. And then the last page is them kind of using their lassos and swinging down. <laughs> and it was cool because Artemis even said, like, lassos are not a warrior's weapon. Like, why are you using lassos? And now she is. Yeah, for real, though. So this was a really great, like, Artemis-like uh, character-building arc. And I, I really appreciated that. So I can finally read about Artemis and not have to support Lobdell. Yeah, no, I'd love to see her more stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, the next arc goes into the Witching Hour, which is a Justice League dark thing. So we uh, that's where we'll stop. Um, <laughs> I, I considered doing Justice League Dark for this Wonder Woman. It's not quite a Wonder Woman story. It's not close enough. We'll do that maybe when we do a Justice League Dark theme thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a whole like run where Wonder Woman leads the Justice League Dark right now. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds interesting as hell. Yeah, it's really dope. Um, but yeah, that'll bring us to the end of our comic book coverage. Now we just have one quick thing to talk about, which yeah. was the Wonder Woman show. Oh uh, yeah. 
we watched another episode this week. I mentioned what we were going to watch before because I, I thought there was an episode that was going to feature Giganta, yeah. which is a very famous Wonder Woman villain. They probably should have used it. I don't know how they would have filmed it. I was going to say. They, <laughs> I don't they know did, how they would have done it. They did not have the means. No, they, didn't ha- they don't have the means to do a giant woman smashing cities. Yeah, no. I mean, they could have gone like classic kaiju style yeah, do, like, and King just Kong? built, yeah, just built like, uh, like you know, just set mini cities and you just know had, what? like they a person in a done suit. That. You could have it, done it's it. It's going to look like ass, but so does everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the show already like has a prime, I mean, I don't know if it was intended, but it has a primarily comedic tone. Like you, you don't yeah. have to take it super seriously. It's going to be cheesy no matter how yeah. you cut it. It did not age well. No, not at as all. As we'll see from this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, not Giganta, Gargantua. Yes. Very big difference. Everyone knows. It opens in Nazi-occupied Africa, which I'm like, okay, that's an interesting which, opening. But they, I mean, they, they held part of it. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it makes sense. And yeah. This whole show takes place in the middle of World War II. Yeah. Um, and so she's in Africa. I don't really know what, doing what. Well, I guess it ends up not no, being it, her. No, yeah, it ends up not being her. Oh, my God, this part's so weird. Yeah. She's. In, you think Wonder Woman's in Africa, and she sees this gorilla, very, very clearly a man in the gorilla suit. Oh, very. So clearly. <laughs> um, and just goes, hur, hur, and, like, jumps down to fight her. Yeah. But then it turns out that, like, she, she has a gorilla whistle, and she's like, woo. Yep. And then it stops like attacking her. She's trained this gorilla and you're like, "Whoa, that's weird. Why is Wonder Woman training gorillas?" Yeah, what the fuck? And then she peels off a mask, yeah. like Red Skull. Yep. Like peels off a Wonder <laughs> Woman mask and oh, it's someone completely different it's with a Nazi perfect lady number 1. <laughs> with a perfect Linda Carter mask. Yep. And then like instantly becomes a whole different woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting twist. I don't know why shows think they could get away with that tactic so much. It is not convincing ever. And it's just not that cool of a hook. Even when they do it in modern movies, movies like in the first captain america movie i'm like you yeah <laughs> it's gross <laughs> like i'm not believing it either no no there's no way that's convincing right like put the mask back on i want to see that transition taking yeah. it off is an easy transition i want to see you put it on and make it convincing yeah hello <laughs> otherwise i just know it's just the difference of a cut jeepers creepers yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god um, this episode does does have uh robert loggia in it though of uh scarface and sopranos oh, yeah. and lost uh highway fame yeah so they got they got some like well, relatively well-known actors, at least for the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was probably... Rob Elogio was probably started... Was, when was Scarface? In the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, so he's probably Similar just starting time. out around yeah. here. Um, but yeah, this whole episode is basically about these Nazis who have trained this gorilla to be not not only an assassin, because that's one thing. That's yeah. almost believable. Comic yeah. book believable. Yep. Like, we'll send this monkey and cause havoc. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. They trained this thing to be a fucking like spec ops operative. <laughs> yeah. It not they send this thing, to Winter Soldier. Yeah, there's like a Nazi spy who's like giving up secrets to the Americans. Yep. So the Nazis have are use this monkey to find the building where this guy's being held. Have the monkey climb up the side of the building which as you're expecting looks like ass. Oh yeah. Climbs up, shimmies across <laughs> completely silently. This well, is like a 10 minute sequence. Before that even. Sorry, I'm I'm cutting yeah, all, you're all the head. good stuff out. They say, like, this base, it's guarded. There's at least some guards outside, a guard on every floor. It's highly defended. Oh, yeah. And the monkey goes in, and, like, a bunch of guards are just, like, hanging out on the street, and they see the monkey. They don't even say a word. No. They just silently run at it to go for a fucking, like, form tackle. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, leap into it and just get thrown. Just Again, tossed. Without saying a word, which yep. you would think would be really helpful for a guard. Yeah. Like, Hey guys, giant <laughs> monkey outside. Is this normal? I feel like feel like we should probably uh, check out. Can check someone this out. help me with the giant monkey? <laughs> no. So like these guys just silently try to tackle the monkey and yep. of course get bodied. So yeah, no, one no one's the, the wiser. Other. It's it's insane. Yeah. So yeah, the monkey shimmies his way across to the window silently. This is a Sam Fisher monkey. Oh yeah, and smashes the window. <laughs> the guy sees it in the window. He's just like, no, no, <laughs> not the monkey. <laughs> Yeah, and then fucking smashes the window, goes and grabs the guy, fights a bunch of the guards, and just put up the weakest effort I've ever seen. (laughs) It's so terrible. Like it just like looks like they're trying to get the monkey to throw them. Which, to be fair, is basically what they're doing in real life. Yeah, throw me, actor. (laughs) This whole episode is just people getting tossed into walls. Yeah, it it looks like they're like trying to like be thrown by the monkey. Like he's trying to throw them up onto a high ledge. Yeah, like like The Last of Us. Like get up there. Yeah, no, not at all. No, um. And yeah, so he goes, grabs the guy, beats all them, and then just lifelessly takes a mannequin. It's so clearly a mannequin. 
it's just like literally a, a guy stiff, like his stiff legs don't board. even bend. Oh yeah, it's just literally a store mannequin, like yep. frozen as he carries it down with one arm. Oh god, and then it instantly great. becomes a person, and then he can no longer carry the man. Yeah, he lifts him, <laughs> he like starts to baby cradle him to walk away, and he's so obviously struggling. He's just like, oh god, let's yeah, get like, the like, shot over with. Do, doing that waddle walk like <laughs> yeah. when you're carrying a couch, like <laughs> oh god, it's so gold. Oh, man. oh my god, it just looks so bad. And anytime they do a close-up of the monkey's face, I'm like, oh god! It's so many face close-ups of the monkey, and it's just like the dude's eyes with like very like creepy makeup on, and it's just, oh, it's bad to look yeah. at. And so the whole episode is like, there's not a lot of Wonder Woman. There's a couple times where Wonder Woman goes against the monkey, and it just looks so bad. <laughs> yeah, because this whole plan is that, like, oh, we have perfectly trained a monkey to be able to attack any target we want. So, like, oh, we'll have a target Wonder Woman. That'll do it. But it's like, it's still just a gorilla. <laughs> like, it's not, it doesn't have any crazy mutant Superman, abilities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just a regular gorilla. Like, regular gorilla could take out a normal human, but sure. not Wonder Woman. No, nah, I don't make, know about that. It's a very loose plan. <laughs> yeah, so they have a couple like really awkward fights where they're just like, "Hiya! Oh no, I've been grappled again." Yeah, literally, the monkey just tackles and grapples Wonder Woman, <laughs> and then she like kind of struggles for a second, and then just like rips his arms off or rips her his hands off of her. To and it's just ridiculous. Complete credit to this episode. There is one thing I really liked, which is Diana's like, uh, just complete like commitment to like animal like oh care. yeah like that's very diana to me it's oh like, for she sure. doesn't view animals the way like humans do like to her that's just uh a symbiotic like another person who shares nature with you yeah so the idea of like you know capturing them and using them as tools and like keeping them in cages like to her is like why the fuck would anyone do this yeah like, that's, let it out. that's offensive as hell to her yeah so and I, yeah like this whole, the whole time she's never trying to like hurt him she's like no like i'm not your enemy like it's them yeah and like every time she's like no like stop fighting me so mm-hmm. like it's never like just her trying to like take out the monkey like Oh, they, yeah. They do a very good job writing Diana here, where she's like, no, like, stop fighting me. Like, you're an innocent creature. I shouldn't be harming you. Yep. And, like, she never th- takes a swing at him. No. Yeah. So, of course, the first time she's, like, trying to take the Nazis down and, like, rescue the monkey, the freaking army guys bust in and just shoot the monkey in the arm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, great. Great job. Good job. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, yeah, anytime they show the monkey, it's horrifying. Oh, fucking- God. <laughs> 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 the funniest part is that, because, like, they, the Nazis literally accomplish their mission. They. They, like, kidnap the uh, Nazi defector who's giving up secrets, and they're like, all Very right, early, we're yeah. ready to go. And then the, the woman trainer is like, no, like, I need the monkey to fight Wonder Woman. Like, she just has to. Imagine if we capture her. It's yeah. Like, I'm imagining it. I don't think it's very I don't likely. See it. Yeah, I don't see it happening. So, yeah, so then she's like, no, I swear he can do it. Watch this. And she, like, gives him a cutout of Wonder Woman yeah. and gives it to the, uh, the gorilla in the cage, and then it just tears it apart. And Robert Loggia is <laughs> just like, hmm, I'm it convinced. could work. It, it could definitely work. <laughs> is that all you, it needed? Okay. All right. I'm not buying it. Oh, but. it's hilarious. Yeah. So in the end, yeah. Well, I, one thing I really like about the ending, though, is she does go to free the monkey at the end. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, because like, they catch the Nazis, and then they just instantly take the monkey back to the circus. It's like, yeah. God, how ass, How much of an asshole are you yeah, people? Yeah, like, that's not a happy ending. Don't do that. Yeah. So then she busts him out and flies him back to Africa. Yep. I'm like, you know what? Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a bro move. We get some very awkward shots of just like stock footage of elephants. <laughs> right. And then it's just like Wonder Woman. She's like holding his hand, walking him like through the jungle. And she's like, all right, now you're home like see you later and he's just like waving at her as she's flying <laughs> away it's so ridiculous yeah god the idea to have her fight a person in a monkey suit is just <laughs> so bad they shouldn't it, done oh that. god and like if you're gonna make it a smart monkey to fight wonder woman like just say it has super like more than monkey super yeah. strength like, we discovered a new breed of, of ape. Yeah, give it an sure. angle. Like, don't just have it be like, oh, he's good at seeing pictures of people, and then he fights them. Well, they even <laughs> did kind of make it like a special race of ape. They were like, this is like the missing link between humans. Oh, uh, yeah, and, true. Like, it's incredibly smart. It definitely didn't look like any gorilla I've ever seen. It had like a giant block head. It certainly did look like <laughs> the missing link between man and ape, because oh, that was sure. clearly a man in a suit. Yeah, that was just a man in a gorilla Free suit. Free me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that episode was thoroughly ludicrous. But oh, yeah. They had that one character moment with Diana that I did appreciate. Sure, yeah. Like, if that show is good for anything, it's good for a few laughs. Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) And honestly, like, Linda Carter, always good. Oh, she kills it every episode. The biggest problem with that show that I've experienced so far is Steve Trevor is the main character of that show. Yeah, It's really annoying because he's so boring. He's an idiot. Yeah, (laughs) it's just him, like, always saying the plot, like, sitting on a desk looking at the camera. It's literally him... 
like thinking that he's the one spearheading these missions and then telling Diana to stay back because it's dangerous. And yeah. then Diana just turns into Wonder Woman and does the job for him. And yeah. then he takes credit for it. <laughs> but still, he gets like most of the scenes. I'm like, this is really annoying because yeah. she's very clearly carrying the show. Exactly. Like, they just need to like push him aside a little more. Yeah. Like, Steve Trevor, take this, sit this one out. <laughs> yeah. We don't need you. But wait, the real what? star's over here. I, th- I thought you needed my star uh, leading man voice. Yeah. No, I'm the not white really, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, yeah, so that'll be the end of our coverage of the Wonder Woman show, at least for now. Yeah. Uh, we actually saw, looking through it on DC Universe, there actually is a, a Wonder Woman movie from 1974 as well yeah. that I know nothing about. I don't, I I think it's loosely based on Wonder Woman because it looked like Didn't she- it, I think it came before the show, though. It did. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. And I don't, like the design looks a little similar, but she's basically, she looks like Charlie's Angels meets Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Because she's like on, hunting an international spy syndicate. Okay. I- it we'll find out someday. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'll be the end of that. Next, Like I said, next week we're actually going to be watching the Wonder Woman movie. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be getting into that because then the week after that, 1984 will be out. Oh, and yeah. we'll be able to watch the sequel fucking finally. Yeah, for so real. So I'm really excited about that. So yeah. um Join us if you want to read ahead. Next week we're going to be reading Wonder Woman Year One, which is the one of the f- first two stories in... Uh, Rebirth when they relaunched Wonder Woman. Okay, so actually one of the first Wonder Woman stories I read as well. Huh. Um, if you're reading it, I'll warn this for anybody, including you. If you're reading it on DC Universe, Greg Rucka did a really weird thing when he started this book. Yeah, he ran two stories at once, oh. and he wanted the stories to run at once. So is it like Hawksbox? Yeah, but actually, this one this is DC's fault. Actually, thinking back on it, they should have made it two books like yeah. Hawksbox did, but instead they it's one book. But issue one is the first issue of the first story. Issue two is the first issue of the second story. Ah, I see. Issue three is the second issue of the first story. Gotcha. So every, and it came out weekly. So like every week, you just basically had to know that every week. So it's like, it's the same idea kind of as Hawksbox, just not as well done. It's exactly the same (laughs) idea. Yeah, yeah. It's just DC was like, no, it's going to be one book or it's confusing. It's like, God damn it. Are we sure this isn't confusing? Like, nah, No, people will be fine. (laughs) I can tell you as a person who was literally a new reader, it was very confusing. Yeah, (laughs) I I still fuck up Hawksbox when I first read it. I fucked that. Up, so was, I definitely would have fucked this up. It was incredibly confusing, <laughs> but thankfully when they released it in trade paperback, there they are actually separate. Do you have that on Comicsology? Uh, no, I have the I have it in physical copy though. Oh, okay. So if you want to read the physical copy without flipping through the issues, you yeah. can do it that way. <laughs> okay. Um, it'll also be an origin story for uh Minerva for Cheetah as well. Oh, cool. So that'll be good context also. Dope. So I'm excited to get into that. So join us next week. We're going to be getting into the origin story for, oh, for yeah. Wonder Woman. Getting into the down 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 now 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 now. 